Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Let us pray. Take us, Lord, into your care tonight. We know not where your word might lodge, nor what heart or hearts might have need of this subject this evening. But you know, we ask your blessing upon us in a very special way. In Christ's name. Amen. The title that I have given sermon tonight is The Bliss of Suffering. And that seems like a, a contradiction in terms, that it would be a blessing to suffer. It's hard for us to, to accept that fact. But the Lord really says that in, in these words, Blessed are those who are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. I'm quoting the King James, as you probably can recognize. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. Rejoice and be glad. What? Rejoice and be glad? For great is your reward in heaven. If you go back and read the first seven of the Beatitudes, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those that mourn, blessed are those that are gentle, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. If you, in fact, and I, in fact, comply with the requirements that we have spoken of and the Lord gave us in the first seven Beatitudes, we're going to experience the eighth one. We're going to be persecuted. A little phrase that I found somewhere along the line says this, kingdom people are rejected people. We are not accepted by the world. We're rejected. You don't have to go very far to find somebody who will turn you off because you're a Christian, who will reject you for what you believe, who will think that you're foolish, that you're childish, because the church and the teachings of the scripture are supposed to be for the weak, for the old, and for children but not for people in the prime of life. It's something that one ought to consider when he's ready to die, but not when he's living. 
This is the attitude of society. Those of us who are not children and perhaps are not on our deathbed in that middle ground are rejected because we appear, appear foolish to society. And it is to this group of people, to those who are rejected because of their faith, that Jesus said, you will be blessed. Not upon earth, maybe, but in heaven. The degree of our persecution will largely depend upon the degree of our faithfulness to the first seven. I think you'll find out many times the degree of the, of the blessing that we receive from the Lord is based upon our degree of faithfulness to Him. The degree of our faithfulness to Him in society will bring us a greater degree of persecution. So if you feel persecuted for your faith, you ought to shout for joy. Because the Lord said, you will be blessed for your persecution. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.12, All who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He also said to the Galatians, chapter 4, verse 29, in making reference back into Isaiah's time, the Old Testament, and you'll see the reference here, as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him that was born according to the Spirit, and so is it now also. Now listen to those words again. He who is born according to the flesh, that is the lost, of this world will persecute him who is born according to the Spirit. Now, it ought not to be surprising to us that that fact is true. After all, we're disrupting the devil's playground. We're throwing Jumps in his way. We're snatching out of the people that he wants and making God's people out of them. We're seeing people saved and it angers the Lord. And he's going to throw into the life of every new Christian and some of the new Christians of our church have been expressing this to me over a few months, that things seemingly have gotten tough. Expect that. Because the Lord is trying to tear you away from that which you have proclaimed. Expect it. Because you have disrupted the Lord's playground. Now, what ought we as Christian people to, how ought we to react? Well, Thomas Watson, 
I don't know who he is, but he's quoted with making this statement, and I want to I want to give it to you. Referring to Christian people, he said they must hang their harps on the willows and take up the cross. Our job, if I'm interpreting him right, is not to sit around playing music all day, enjoying ourselves. Our job is to get into the thick of things, to carry the cross of Christ wherever we go. And if the cross of Christ is on our shoulder, you can bet the persecution of Satan will be hurled at us at every turn. Do you want to be popular as a Christian? Well, let me give you the formula. You want to be popular. You want everybody to love you. Everybody's going to think the world of you. I'll tell you how to do it. Lower your standards. That's all. Just lower your standards. I love you. If you want to avoid persecution, let me give you the formula. Live like the world. You won't be persecuted. If you want the world to scoff at you and laugh at you and ridicule you, don't come to church. Go where the world is. Don't have a standard of living that's patterned after Jesus Christ. Live like the devil. Nobody's going to ridicule you. Just go along with the crowd. Enjoy things. And when the Lord is mocked, smile. That's all you got to do. You won't be persecuted. But I guarantee you something. Jesus, our Lord, will not take that attitude lightly. For he said in Luke 9.26, He that is ashamed of me in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will I be ashamed for my father. Now we have a problem on our hands. Do we want to satisfy the desires of the world and we'll go along and do what society wants us to do to avoid the church and avoid praying and avoid Bible reading, avoid, avoid discussing the Lord, avoid any kind of relationship to Jesus Christ? We'll get along fine in this world. But the other side of the coin is where it really counts before the judgment seat of God in heaven, the Lord is going to stand there and say of you and me, I'm ashamed of you. So we have a problem. Are we going to be willing to take the persecution that the world offers us in order that we might have the blessing of the Lord on our lives? Or are we going to forsake the blessing of the Lord and all that we might have the benefit of everybody in society liking us? I hope that we have not misled anybody becoming a Christian over these past several months. I hope that all those have considered the fact that it is a costly experience to become a Christian. The rich young ruler came to the Lord one day 
And he said that he wanted to follow him. What must I do to have eternal life? He asked, and the Lord said, Well, you know the commandments. Keep them. He gave them to the young man, and the young man said, I have kept all of those from, from my youth up. What do I lack yet? He knew something was lacking. Jesus looked into his heart and knew that his problem was that he thought more of his money than he did of eternal life. And he said, sell all you have and give it away. Then come follow me. It's too costly. He wouldn't do it. Too costly. The early Christians paid a tremendous penalty for their faith. They went to prison. They were burned at the stake. They were turned into arenas with lions. They were tortured in every way possible. But they continued in their faith. And the more they were persecuted, the stronger came their faith, and the more people were converted. One of the problems that we have in this age in which you and I live is that we have it so easy, we don't have to come to church, it seems. Many of you can remember during the Second World War that it was not difficult to get people to church because there were things going on in the world that affected them directly. But we're not much affected today by things going on in Iran, it would appear, although I think this is the beginnings of the end. We are failing to recognize what's happening there. But I think that we must be about our Father's business instead of being so much about our own business, and this was the problem of the rich young ruler. He was not interested in being about the Father's business. He was not interested in looking after his own affairs. And you just consider those times in your life when you feel the furthest from the Lord, and I shall do the same, and we will discover at those times that we are far from the Lord, it's those times that we have more interest in our own affairs than we have in the affairs of God. During those times, the world's not persecuting us. But oh, how ashamed the Lord must be of our relationship to him. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to have verbal abuse, insults. The Lord was insulted. But at his trial, they blindfolded him, and then they hit him. And they said, if you really are who you say you are, prophesy. Who hit you? Slapping him and hitting him with him blindfolded just for sport. While he was hanging on that cross, they said to him, if you really are the Christ, come on down from the cross and we'll believe you. Yes, people do and say very, very dangerous things, cutting things, hurting things. Christians are the subjects of ridicule. Just as Roman generals, when they were conquered, were taken through the streets of the city in mockery as a trophy of war. We should not expect any better because we're in a war against Satan and 
his forces, and he will do everything to taunt us and criticize us and belittle us and make us worse than nothing if he can at all. But this is our place. We are not Christian to be celebrities. One of the things that really bothers me about some, and I emphasize that word, of the television ministries that I see from time to time, is that there is so much fanfare of bringing on the preacher or bringing on the singer that you, were th you would think that you were listening to the Johnny Carson show, and here's Johnny! Or or whoever else it might be. And I wonder, with that kind of fanfare, is it Jesus Christ that is held up, or is it man that is being honored? We need to be like John and say, I must decrease, but he must increase. If you do not see Christ through my preaching, I failed. And if the society does not see Christ through your life, you have failed. Because it is our job to take the persecution that comes, but in the process, hold up and point to Jesus Christ just like Stephen did when he was stoned. That which he did that day, and that which he said, when he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of the Father, began to take root in the heart of a young man named Saul, who finally became the great preacher that we know of as Paul. What caused his turnaround? The persecution of a Christian. Good illustration that Bill gave. A seed that was sown, that finally took root. You never know when you're leading somebody to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Yes, we will be slandered. He said, blessed are you when men accuse you falsely. Now notice the word falsely. If we are accurately accused, there's no blessing in being accurately accused of wrong, but there is a blessing in being accused falsely. A problem is, many times, we're guilty of what they're accusing us of. But you see, the problem is not that somebody's out to get you or get me. Nobody's out to get the church. The problem is that Satan is out to get Jesus Christ. And his way of doing it is to strike at the church and strike at us as Christian people. Now, if you don't want to go through this persecution, let me say again, let me give you another formula. Just compromise your beliefs. If this church does not want to be persecuted, all it has to do is go out and absorb some of the affairs of the world and mix the world and the teachings of the scripture together in one little package 
and the, the world won't persecute us because we have watered down the gospel. We've made it nothing more than an organization of the world. And you look at church after church in our country. And I don't know too much about the churches in Boone County, but I suspect they're like the churches that I've known in other counties. So many of them have become absorbed by the world. And even when the obituary is written by the member of that church, it simply lists the membership as a part of the memberships of all the other things that that person belonged to. It has no value other than just another organization. We need to be separated from the world and spotless in front of Jesus Christ that we might draw the persecution of the community because in the process of it we'll see people who will be one to Jesus Christ. Not by our lackadaisical attitude, but by the fact that we stand under the persecution and is thrown at us. Now he said that people who are persecuted will be blessed. That's hard to believe. You know, I expect that I've been Joseph, excuse me, and my brothers took me and put me in a pit and held me there until a band of uh, merchants came along heading for Egypt, and they took me out of that pit and sold me as a slave to that band of merchants. I wouldn't think that I was being very blessed of the Lord. And when I got to Egypt, and I was sold to Potiphar, went to work in his house, and his wife tried to seduce me, and I ran as if I were running for my life. This is what Joseph did. And all I got for my good behavior was a prison term. I wouldn't expect the Lord was blessing me. And I began to question my faith. Why am I trying to be moral? Why am I trying to be honest? Why am I trying to serve God for all I'm getting out of it is a period in a, in a hole in the ground in the desert and being put in chains and taken as a prisoner, a slave to Egypt, being sold into what looked like a pretty good deal, Potiphar's house, and there I have to be arrested because I wanted to remain there. I would think the Lord was persecuting me. But listen, the Lord was preparing that man to be the second in command of Egypt. The older I get, the more I realize this. Things that have happened to me, I have questioned and questioned and questioned. And I wonder, why is the Lord allowing this? Well, there are two answers. Number one, sometimes it's not the Lord doing it. It's the devil's work. And we sometimes have difficulty separating it. The other thing is, I can't understand tomorrow and next week and next year, but the Lord knows, and it's necessary for me to go through this period of tribulation and trial and distress in order that I might be strong enough to do what he wants me to do next week or next year. And without this experience, I'll not be capable of doing what he wants come that time in my life. 
I know that's happened to me. Some of my past experiences that I've wondered about so much have proven that to be true. The Lord promised us that our sacrifices and our persecutions that we go through will not be in vain. We may not be blessed upon this earth, but we will be blessed in the life beyond. And really, when you put it in proper perspective, what really makes any difference what happens to us on earth? Just a few years and we're gone. And what is going to happen to us at the throne of God will be for eternity. So we are persecuted now. So what? Look what's waiting for us. I told you this morning of a man by the name of Don Richardson who was a missionary to Indonesia who wrote a book called Peace Child. In that book, he tells another story that I want to relate to you tonight. A story of two other missionaries in Indonesia by the name of Stan Dale and Phil Masters. You remember that I told you this morning that the Indonesians were very warlike. They would kill without too much regard to human life. On this particular occasion, one of the tribes of Indonesia came at Stan Dale and Phil Masters with bows and arrows and spears with the intent of taking their life. Those men, those men could have run, but they did not. They stood. Phil Masters never moved from his tracks. Stan Dale started running only to discover that he was running by himself and turned around only to see the arrows entering the body of Phil Masters. He watched that man as an arrow went in, he pulled it out and stood. And he pulled them out as long as he had strength until the arrows, more than 50 of them, cut him down. Stan Dale saw that happen. He did not run. He came and stood where his friend had stood and took the arrows again from the tribe not moving. They mutilated those two bodies cut them up and scattered them through the, the jungles because they didn't want the spirit that apparently was in those men to ever get to them. Listen, they didn't succeed. For the spirit that was in Stan Dale and Phil Masters was still there in Indonesia. Today, there are Christian people in those tribes. That killed those two men. The unbreakable pagan system of Indonesia had been broken. And blessed were those two men in heaven, for they had stood for their faith 
and they had imparted their faith by the power of the Spirit into pagan men and women of that tribe and saved untold hundreds of people from eternal hell by the arrows that took their own life. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. Persecution is a mark of faithfulness. Let me close with this little story, this little story too. John Chrysostom was a 4th century Christian man, preacher. He was preaching very strong doctrine. The leaders of the political system could not tolerate his strong preaching, and they came to him and said, if you don't stop your preaching about Jesus Christ so strongly, we're going to banish you. He said, banish me? You can't banish me, for the world is my father's house. They said, then we'll kill you. He said, kill me? You can't kill me. My life is hid in Jesus Christ. They said, then we'll confiscate all of your treasure. He said, you can't confiscate my treasure. My treasure is laid up in heaven where thieves do not break through and steal. And they said, then we'll drive you away from all men. You'll never see another man. He said, you can't drive me away. For I have a friend in heaven who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Brother, if we have that, our standard that we're willing to take whatever comes because we know that we have a Savior in heaven who has promised us way more blessing than the persecution we shall ever experience. And as a result, we'll see untold numbers of people who will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And what greater blessing could we have than seeing people saved because we stood firm even in the midst of the arrows that might fly? Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.